That moment when you're a Christian and gay people exist? Okay, guys, welcome back to Meme Lord Monday. I'm your host, Matt Matias, and on this podcast, we interview Christian creators and help you find the meme in everyday life. This episode is part of a special three-part series that I'm doing during the month of June about how we as Christians can best interact with and love the LGBTQ community in a way that doesn't make us compromise our convictions. Last week, I talked with my friend Michael Moore of Honest Youth Pastor about how we can best address the preferred pronoun situation if we're first meeting somebody upon initial interaction with someone that's saying, hey, I need you to use my preferred pronoun. And that was a really great discussion. If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to check that out before you listen to this one. Uh, And on this episode, I interviewed someone within the LGBTQ community. Her name is Grace Baldridge, and she is a queer-identifying Christian, and she has made music that she's classified as Christian, and she even topped the charts for Christian music for a time. And that's when I interviewed her. Some of you might be thinking, well, I don't think she's a Christian. I'm not here to debate that. I'm here to talk to somebody within the community to help us both understand how we can best communicate to each other. I actually recorded this episode a few years ago, and we got a lot of pushback for this episode, but we also got a ton of positive feedback about how much it helped them to speak with people within the LGBTQ community in a way that is loving, but also uncompromising. I promise a lot of you are probably not going to agree with some of the stances I took or some of the things I said. That's completely fine. A little bit about myself. I am an unaffirming Christian, meaning that I don't believe that the LGBTQ plus lifestyle is compatible with Christianity, where obviously my friend Grace, she is affirming. She does believe it is compatible. So we're having a conversation about how we can talk to each other without harming one another. Because as someone who is online every day, I see the comments and I see the hate and I see the back and forth, and it's not good. We need to work on the way that we communicate with one another. So that was my mission going into this episode. And so I hope that you'll keep that in mind as you're listening to this, that that is my end goal. Grace is so sweet and so kind and so considerate during this conversation. And we I think we both had a great time. We started this interview laughing and we ended it laughing and we had a really great discourse in between. So I hope you'll enjoy this. If you want to give me some feedback on this episode, please feel free to email me at podcast at memesforjesus.com. I'm going to be doing a solo episode next week, just responding to some of the thoughts and feedback that you guys have from these past two episodes. So without further ado, here is the conversation I had with Grace Baldridge. Y'all, I'm super pumped for this. Like, y'all don't even know. We have a superstar on our podcast right now that has graced us with the presence. And her name is Grace. I was going to say Hello, similar. it's me. Yeah, well, I'm Grace, and my artist name is Semler, and I put out an EP called Preacher's Kid, and yeah. that's why I'm here. That's how we became friends. Yeah, we're friends. Like, we instantly we became are, friends. Yeah. <laughs> we did, though. I mean, to be fair, like, we, we have been recording. We haven't been recording for a little bit, but we are, have been talking as though we are friends, so I think it's fair to say that we are. Am I your only gay no. friend? Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> Not at all. No, I have, I have quite a bit of, of people that are within uh, the LGBTQ community, and mm-hmm. uh, I love them very much. And, well, I would uh, imagine if you're operating a Memes for Jesus account that many of us would find you because so <laughs> many of us have gone through the gauntlet of uh, people being mean for Jesus, rather not oh. memes for Jesus. Ayo, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, has anyone done that before? <laughs> right. No, that's the first that I've heard, at least. Well, I apologize. Mean for Jesus. It's funny. Mean for Jesus. Because, like, we'll get comments that are like, is this a meme for Jesus? Like, are you serious? Has anyone, like, pointed to, like, a scripture being like, it is clear that a meme goes <laughs> goeth against the Lord? Like, you every really day. have to extrapolate because, come on. <laughs> every day. This is literally every day of our life. Like, we'll put a meme that is the most innocuous, harmless meme, and people will be like, oh, that's it. This page is a progressive all for Satan. And like, it's, we hear it all. And like, I think meme, us meme pages that are Christian, we know why people hate Christians. Like we get it. We know why oh, people yeah. hate Christians because well, we, you've had people come at you. Yeah. 
for those of you who aren't aware, those of you losers who don't know Grace Baldridge. <laughs> you fools if you're <laughs> listening to Christian queer folk music. How dare you? Listen. <laughs> you're just simply ignorant to the queer Christian folk. It's been blowing up on only Spotify because Christian radio will not acknowledge me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh, like, honestly, even me announcing to like just some of our followers that I was going to interview you, like we got backlash, like stupid. I'm backlash. sure. And yeah. I was like, why? Like the, some of the dumb stuff that I've encountered just just by referencing you. It's like, well, what's what is she saying? Because I don't even want to. Uh, give her the viewership, the you know, or the, the the monetization support. I'm like, you can't even listen to stuff you disagree with. Are well, you also, that? don't feel bad because Spotify gives me a penny or something like that. So you're really not supporting me that much. And to that extent, every time, and this is true, this is a fact for any of your listeners that are paying attention. Anytime someone tells me to repent, Spotify has been counting that as a stream. So like, that's the thing. <laughs> so if you tweet at me to repent, that's an automatic stream for preachers kid. Oh, and man. let me just say those pennies, I'm about to make a nickel real soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for that. Gonna go get a gumball. Dang. Well, I mean, okay, so what I'm about to do actually is probably gonna offend even more people. So I mean, how do you prefer to be uh what's your preferred pronoun? I mean, I honestly go by all pronouns, but people okay. usually use she, her, or they, them. But okay. I'm one of those sort of like pronoun indifferent people where I think in some ways I've evolved past the need for pronouns. I don't really know. I think I've always occupied like a tomboy space and I know okay. that people read that differently. And like, there have been times that like TSA specifically, or now that we have masks, I'm six feet tall and someone mm. will be like, hello, sir. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be like, it's ma'am. Like, I just don't, it really doesn't. I, but that's me personally. Like, these are truly just my personal preferences. I know that I occupy like a gender neutral space and however people feel inspired to address me, I'm just happy that you're talking to me at all. So okay. it all works. Yeah. Cause that's one thing that like some Christians aren't even willing to ask that. And I wanted to make sure I'm mm -hmm. not offending you like with every sentence that I Oh my gosh, no. So no, don't worry. <laughs> It'd I mean, be hard. I mean, that's the other thing with like, I think with queer Christians or people who have been hurt by the church, so many of us have just, you've built up such a thick skin. Not all of us. This isn't a rule, but mm. for me and for many people of a similar experience, I, it's not as though like, oh my gosh, I'm so offended. It's rather that I'm just not going to engage with certain things anymore because it's not healthy for me. And mm. also like when people are spewing so much hate or just like blocks of like Bible verses that they think I have never heard before. Oh my gosh, I've never considered the six clobber verses as though I haven't studied them in depth on my own. I want to like remove myself for you. That's an unhealthy space for you to be in. You're coming at a stranger on the internet that you mm -hmm. don't know. And you're sort of hurling these judgments at me on your perceived understanding of how I understand the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I want us both to be healthy. So I'm probably going to mute you for me. And if you keep, and if I keep seeing things, I'm probably going to block you, but I'm doing that for you. Yeah. Don't spend your day doing this. They're loved ones, people who care about you. You can, Focus on your energies there. And I think if we are looking at the example of Christ, would <laughs> obviously it memes for Jesus is the great example. We don't know specifically how we would feel about the internet, but I think we can discern that Jesus would be like, check in with people you care about and people in need. Mm. I am not in need of your judgment. So let me let me help you out. Go back to your life. <laughs> And you can and listen to Christian music you like. It's you don't have to like my music. I'm not asking. I'm not asking every Christian to enjoy my music. I'm just saying that I'm writing from a different theological perspective, and I'm valid in doing that. You don't get to have just a. You don't get to gatekeep who is allowed to believe in your God. Hmm. Yeah, That's my thesis statement. <laughs> no, I think a lot of people forget you're Episcopalian, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm, and my dad's a priest, so I was raised in the Episcopal Church. So a very like robes all that stuff but also very affirming and very progressive in a lot of ways too yeah a lot of people forget that episcopalians are affirming and they you know do believe uh, in many of the foundational tenets of christianity but like obviously they've been ostracized by the majority of contemporary or, or conservative yeah i think especially in evangelical circles mm -hmm. where just not considered christians yeah yeah i mean and full disclosure like i am non-affirming but i am pro 
people. I'm, I love people. I love humans. <laughs> I, you know, Jesus loves humans. And I'm just glad that you want to be a Christian. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've, even though we, we may disagree on certain things, I'm so happy that you would call yourself a Christian and, and pursue the, the same God that I'm pursuing. Uh, and I think that if Christians would focus more on how and where we can reconcile, that we wouldn't have the toxicity that we see uh, nowadays. Yeah, I think there's sort of a humility in acknowledging that you don't have all the answers. So I think that so many people will sort of come at me or come at people who they disagree with theologically and be like, well, the the Bible is clear. God is clear. This is clear. This is clear. This is clear. Mm -hmm. And there's no space for divine mystery in the sense. And I, and I think that like how sort of prideful would it be to assume that we have all the answers? And I think that, and again, like people always will point to like, well, we do because it's right here, like in the red letters, here it is. And I acknowledge that except our disagreements are not in ignorance. It's rather more an interpretation and context. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something I've poured over into like translations and the historical background of scripture and like looking at different scholarship on how we got to these translations, especially the the 300 or so plus English ones, Bible wasn't written in English. And I think you have to allow that space. And so sometimes when people are just sort of throwing verses at you, it's as though like, you know, I, I understand the mind of God and who are we as little tiny potato humans to like understand the mind of God. I'm never going, cause I'm never going to do that for anyone else's life. Mm-hmm. Far be it from me. Yeah. I'm real. Like I, like I, I never want to understand the boldness of going to a stranger's page on the internet and quote unquote, like rebuking them. Mm-hmm. I'm ne- I never hopefully will ever face that sort of responsibility. And it's strange that certain people feel so comfortable assuming that role. The internet is more accessible than it's ever been. And with that has come an absolute pandemic of people addicted to pornography. This addiction statistically is affecting Christians and non-Christians alike. It's a problem. Porn is a human problem, but Covenant Eyes provides a human solution. Covenant Eyes helps you and the ones you love live porn-free through transformative accountability relationships. With Covenant Eyes, you choose someone that you know and trust to walk with you as your ally and to hold you accountable for your online behavior. Me and my friends use it, and I've seen it firsthand break the bonds of addiction in people's lives. This stuff works. So basically what you do is you download the Covenant Eyes app, it tracks the activity on your devices, and your friend who's your ally gets a victory app which shares your activity feed right to their phone. You and your ally will be able to celebrate victories together and have honest and caring conversations about your successes, setbacks, and triggers. Nothing works better than this. If you struggle with pornography addiction online and you're ready to see some victory in your life, download Covenant Eyes and use promo code MONDAY for 30 days free. Try it out. I've gotten so many success stories from this app, and that's why I'm so happy that they've chosen to sponsor Meme Lord Monday. Again, that's Covenant Eyes. Use the link in the show notes of this episode and use promo code MONDAY for 30 days free. Victory over addiction has never been easier. Yeah, it's... And, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna yell at some guys. Like, so John Piper, for instance, he is a very notable and usually charitable Christian voice in Christianity. And he says he has no problem calling somebody by a name that's different than their biological sex. But he won't, he says, if a a man, a biological man is asking me to call him a woman, he will refuse to do that because he considers that lying. So like where I think that's stupid is because it's like, just meet the person first. (laughs) You're telling me you won't give the person the humanity enough to just oblige, you know, if whether you agree or disagree, just address them as they prefer to be addressed. I think it's a non-issue that that Christians have created a, an issue out of and where they can't even address people within the LGBTQ community. It's like you can't even get to the point where you affirm them as a human being. And, and that is that is utterly despicable in my my opinion. If you can't simply even address somebody and acknowledge them for their existence. That is, I think if we can get over that, we, I think we can start having the conversations like we're having right now, which is why you're amazing. Cause it's like, 
you know, you, you say you're a Christian and you also occupy a space that a lot of people are either afraid of or unwilling to interact with being the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And so you're like this, this really cool anomaly with, where, you know, we can interact, I think on both sides of the aisle. I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, I think there's so many more of us than the conservative Christians might think of. So it's one of those things like you just don't know what you don't know. And so you'll look around in your circle and be like, well, I don't know any queer people. Like I don't know any LGBTQ plus people. And clearly our church is doing things right. But what you probably aren't aware of is the people who are not being honest with you about who they are in their heart of hearts, because they do not feel safe to do so. Or perhaps they will wait until they, you know, move to then feel like more comfortable to truly be themselves. Mm. I also think that like the unfortunate thing is I hope, can we agree that like the brunt of harm being done to LGBTQ plus people in the United States is from Christians. Like it's from people using scripture to strip people of certain rights and certain dignities that should be afforded to all people. Um, And then what we ask is then we put the burden on those who have been marginalized to like be the, the offer, the olive branch being like, come on, like come to the table, like let's all discuss. And it, that is, that is a really difficult thing to do. I know as Christians we're always taught like, well, turn the other cheek, but there's a reason why that's there. There's, you know, Jesus spoke a lot, but in those four books, he was real concise with the lessons that got included in there. And I think it's in either Luke or in Mark, where at the end, it's like there were hundreds of other miracles that happened and I could fill books upon books to mm-hmm. like tell them all. And I just can't simply say everything. So we have to consider that whatever was included in those gospels, Jesus was like, this was important. This is like what I want you to know. And one of those lessons is of course, like turning the other cheek. Um, and that I think is because Jesus knew this is going to be a really hard thing for us. And I think that that's what we see for LGBTQ plus people who have been hurt by the church for so many people. It's like, I don't want to come to the table with you because you're not even ready to dignify me. Like you were speaking about your friend who doesn't want to acknowledge trans women. Like why then you're Mm. asking a trans woman to then burden herself to like dignify this person who won't even acknowledge her humanity. And that's like, that is a huge ask, you know? And I think that what's furthermore to that ask is that Christians don't even seem to acknowledge that it is. They're like, well, no, come on. Like we all, we're all just meant to like love each other and understand each other. And they're like, cool. But there's one side here that won't even use this person's name because they think it's a lie. So, so we're not really on equal. We're not really operating from a level playing field here because I'm saying your name. I'm acknowledging who you are. LGBTQ plus Christians rarely are the ones levying. You're not a real Christian at like conservative Christians when they're getting slapped in the face when their rights are being stripped away. Rarely are we the ones being like, how dare you? We understand that that is how their biblical literacy is informing them. It seems incredibly hateful and ignorant, but the things that are being levied against me are like, you are a devil worshiper. You are satanic. You are the antichrist. It's different. We're, we're hitting the things a little bit differently here. And so I would like to see this conversation and this coming together, but we, we first have to acknowledge the extent of the harm that has been done in the name of a loving creator. Yeah. And I, I don't know if we can begin to like, break bread and have like this friendship as you know, like how you and I are hopping on zoom or whatever, mm-hmm. unless the harm has been acknowledged yeah. because, because then you're, it's like a form of gaslighting. Then people have to pretend that everything's cool. And we've all been in friendships with people where like, you know, that like there's, there's like an elephant in this room. We have mm-hmm. to talk about it. Yeah. And I think that queer people are ready. I mean, we've been almost screaming. I think that's the reason why preachers kid has resonated with people is because it feels like this catharsis But I don't know that Christians will always be like, no, people are doing this out of love. People are doing this out of love. I have been heartbroken by people who have said that they were doing it because they loved me. Mm. That's not, you can't do that. You can't slap someone over the face and be like, I love you. I don't experience that as love. That hurts. That's that's the tough love, right? Yeah. tough love. (laughs) (laughs) What What are you doing? (laughs) Let me slap you with this tough love. 
Wow. Like if just if you were to put like a, a physicality to the level of abuse that we've seen, then it bec- it does become comical. It's like yeah. someone just like punching you in the face and then yeah. being like, and did you did you experience that as me? sending God's love your way. I'm like, I experienced that as you sending your fist into my face and then asking me to say thank you and to come to church with you. No, I'm not going to do that. What? You mean you don't like my love rear naked yeah. joke? What are you talking about? That's both. I'm doing it in love. You're, I'm trying to. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's so bad. And I agree. I think I, I totally agree with that. If we can't even get past the point where we can talk to each other and address each other by our names and, and you know whether we agree with the the name the person that, you know that we're interacting with has chosen or or feels that they, that they are I, I think it's a moot point like why even delve into what the other person has decided for their own life when you're as as a evangelical christian your objective is to love people and evangelize the love of christ like where does that factor into the equation about how you need to then change the behavior outcomes of the person you're in, interacting with. It's, it's, I think that is so toxic and harmful. Like you said, we, we have to address the fact that we are, we have been harmful to the people uh, with our interactions online and in person. And I watched, um, I'm not sure which video it was, but it, you, it, it showed you in one of some, some parades and there was just people picketing ridiculously. Oh yeah. In the, the- back. Ruben, yeah, I actually, I kind of, I, whenever I see him at Pride Parades, he's a picketer. I do, we have, like, we oddly, like, know each other now. It's very strange. <laughs> um, he's, he's very, he's not nice. He's, like, honestly a pretty, he's really not a nice person. But in a strange way, I always try and say hi to him. Because I do think that his, he's so deep, he's so, like, dehumanized, like, stripped the humanity of all the people that he sees at these parades. So, mm it's a gay pride parade for your listeners. It's yeah. not just like a parade for yeah, like yeah, Valentine's Day or something. It's a pride parade. And um, so he pickets these parades. He like travels across the country to do his picketing. And um, I think he's done it so much that like that opportunity to see so many image bearers just like walking in their truth and feeling so loved. It's like the one day of the year that for some people they get to honestly and authentically like walk in a street as themselves. Right. Mm. Um, or maybe it's like how they, they've come out and their families with them on that first day. Like there are a lot of emotional things that come into it. And I understand that that's not something that, I mean, I don't understand, but if, if you're like, I don't want to be there, then okay. Then no one's forcing you to be there, but he's choosing every year to go there. And as a Christian, rather than like, look at all these people, um, celebrating, he just like really, he like yells at them on a megaphone and with his signs and all this stuff. And I think it's like kind of fascinating that he's just been able to strip the humanity away from all these people that he sees. Like he's surrounded by children of God and he's still inspired to just be spewing this hatred. So part of the reason why I've like, I, I always make sure I like go say what's up to him. And like, now that we kind of know each other is because I, I want to be like, I'm here. I'm a person, you know, me, you recognize my wife. Like you, I know that like, there is, I, I have to believe that there's a part of you deep down that cares about like my well being because I'm saying what's up to you whenever we see each other. And like, I, I'm always like, Ruben, wow. Like this is an awful sign. Like this is so super bad. Wow. Like everything happening here is like really scary to me, but like, how are, how is your family? Like, I know this is a tough time and things like that because I think that it just, it's just makes me very sad that like, how does a person become this cold that you're just like standing at, in a group surrounded by people, so many people that could be your friends that you could find commonalities with and you're choosing like you're, you're choosing because of your interpretation of scripture to just yell at them and like berate them and to take a pause and be like, what's up, Grace. I also love that my name is Grace because I think that like that does challenge people because I am like full of God's grace. And so, and so are you. And so is everyone. But I think that a lot of times people look at me and they're like this heathen, like, Oh my gosh, she has like a shaved mullet and she's covered in tattoos. Like, it's so sad. Like she's like this lost, like, what about Christian girl autumn? Like we've lost her. And the truth is, is that like, I was only faith only became available to me in a personal sense of like having a personal relationship with Christ. When I started living as who I've known myself to be since I was four. 
Like truly, I wasn't like, I would, I looked like such a good Christian girl for so long. I'd go to all the like services, your hands go up and all this stuff. Mm. And I was so concerned about what the world thought of me and like appearing well for other people. And then as soon as I like almost surrendered to the divine within myself that I've been ignoring this call for so long, like Mm -hmm. everything, like just faith opened up to me that I'd never experienced before. I was able to like wrestle with doubt. I was able to pray. Like that was the weirdest thing. Like I always thought I was praying, but I'd be like, like keeping one eye open and just like, (laughs) like, Lord, you know, be with my grandparents, like things like that, but like nothing, nothing really introspective. And I, I want to, um, sort of be that example for someone like Ruben at the, at the picketers and whatever that like, I'm here and you can hate me, but I'm still going to exist. I'm still going to say hi to you. And you're going to have to say hi, Grace back to me (laughs) because Mm. that's my name. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to address the fact that your name is Grace and because there is some irony involved with people that are hateful towards you because it's like, wait a minute. (laughs) You realize God you, Grace? is showing grace to you too, right? Yeah. So it's like, wow. You know, it sucks that it's this exact subject that has become the focal point of so much hate within Christianity. This particular subject is just met with enormous hate and, and condemnation. There's The grace of God covers all of us. And for us to say, well, you know, your sin is is despicable and it's condemnable. You're, you're a farce. I've even heard preachers like John MacArthur say that, you know, you are denying your very existence. And in that very statement is denying, you know, the existence of every person that identifies within the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's extremely, extraordinarily, unnecessarily hateful. I can't imagine how you deal with it. Like, especially now that you're more in a public eye, so to speak, with, you know, hitting the, the charts, like yeah. how much hate have you gotten? Like just, can you, can you like put a, yeah, uh, I have a tally on my phone. <laughs> One, two, no. Um, yeah, I have received a, a lot, but I mm. think sort of like what we said earlier, I have been pretty good at setting up certain boundaries for myself and for mm. other people. Um, so that we all stay like mentally well. Cause I agree with you that this is gosh, like people lose their minds over me speaking about my lived experience and speaking about, you know, where, how I like my Christian theology and how I'm understanding my faith and how scripture is leading me to that understanding. Right. And people will like get really upset about that. And I think about all the, like the, the level of like depravity and hurt and corruption in the world that then it becomes like, well, you know, let's not get involved. We're Christians. Like we don't want to talk about politics. And for me, like my faith informs me that like social justice is inextricable caring about justice and equality and equity for the world that if if I am not taking actionable steps to help my community, then I'm failing as a Christian that I'm failing. Absolutely. And so it's just, I do receive, I do receive a deal, a great deal of hate, but not more than the support. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a lot, but I'm pretty, it's nothing I haven't heard before. There are no verses that were like sermons that people aren't like, there's no approach that someone has taken. That's like blowing me away. Like, Oh no, I've actually never considered that. You don't get to be a queer Christian without like a low key degree in theology. There's so many of my friends that have that, like you have to, because your earliest memories are verses of scripture being levied against you. One of the first songs you learn is like, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Then you get to be like 13 or 14, specifically if you are assigned female at birth, if you're a girl, then like, this is what happens. And like, Jesus loves me. This I know, but not if you're a slut, not if you're a whore, if you have any lustful thoughts, guys, like if you have even thought about porn, okay, first of all, how dare you? Like you are uh, shameful. Um, and specifically if you're gay, like, well, absolutely get the out. Sorry. But like, definitely no, because, um, like definitely like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you're raised to like, just seek and love with this childlike sense of wonder, a divine creator. And then you get to like your teenage years and then you're actually told if you are any of these things, that creator is no longer available to you. Mm. And I think that that is 
so many people have experienced that. And so, so many people have been resonating with the Preacher's Kid project. And so the, the support and people being like, wow, I really heard something that I went through in your lyrics has far outweighed the hate. And I am in a really good place in my life. I'm genuinely like, I'm really happy. I'm settled. I'm everything that people told me I would not find in this lifetime. If I was queer, I found, you know, I have a deep relationship with my creator. I feel fulfilled with my family and like all I'm excited about the future. I have like, you know, I have a great deal of mystery and curiosity and also doubt about like what comes with it. And I'm just very happy. And that is, I think that like that sort of counteracts any of the hate. Like, what is someone going to say about me? They don't, you don't know me and I'm doing fine. Yeah. Wow. I'm curious too, like even within the LGBTQ community, um, that Christian Christians are kind of more the outliers. Would you, would you say that? But just only because of the, uh, the hate that's associated. And like you said, like the necessary understanding of deep theology that comes with it. Cause you have to defend yourself at every turn. Like what every, are you, yeah. I mean, do you get um, hate from them too? Well, I, it's not, it's definitely not hate. So that's a really good point. So I definitely, I do receive like, we can qualify this as hate from Christians. Like that is, I definitely receive yes. that on the LGBTQ plus side of things. I receive more like kind of skepticism and a little bit more sort of um, like, I'll hear things like, wow, this is like Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> um, or I'll hear things like, why do you even want to be a part of this? Like, like these hateful group, like people yeah. that just cast you out. Like, why are you even trying at this point? I hear more things along the lines of just people who have been so systemically hurt. So comprehensively hurt over years and years and years of this sort of like built up, in my opinion, rotten foundation of a toxic doctrine. Mm. And I, so I hear more like skepticism of like, why, why even like touch this? Like, this is the fruit of contemporary Christianity in the United States is rotten. Why are we even engaging? And I think I'm way more cautious in how I sort of respond on that end rather than with Christians. I think you said at the top, like you love poking fun at Christians. Like you're happy to just like (laughs) kind of be like a little holy Christian troll or whatever. And (laughs) I think, and I kind of occupy a similar space where I'll always like poke fun at people who are, especially like the the really crazy, like you're a heretic, like the stuff that's like very like out of bounds. Um, I'm, I can kind of laugh at that a bit more, but from the LGBTQ plus side of things, it's people are typically speaking from a place of like significant hurt. Like something has happened here and I, and far be it for me to be laughing at that. You know, I'm not going to like poke fun at that. I think that's more of like, if for example, you don't want to follow me anymore because like I'm speaking too much about my faith and that is like, triggering for you I want to be like please don't like absolutely like take time for yourself take care of yourself because that's the reality that there have people have just been so hurt in the name of God and so you have to allow people to just like distance themselves from you Mm. if if that's something that's on my heart that I'm speaking about that they are allowed to just like check out of that conversation I'm not gonna like knock on their door and be like, hello, like, come back. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the bottom one, Jesus. Like, oh man. Yeah. And I forgive me for not like addressing the fact that we're mostly addressing your album. And, and oh, right. Yeah. We've kind of just been like circling around it. I, I'll put like a little <laughs> preface at the beginning, but like, I wanted to say to like one of the things that really drew me to you was the youth group song because I'm a former youth pastor. Uh, at a, oh, at a did you ever do a lock in? I did them. No! <laughs> I, did, I did one. I did one. And this was like early, early years of me. Yeah. Being, like I was probably like 23. I'm, I'm like 35 oh. now. So, oh my gosh, you are? I'm 35. Wow. You, wow. Let's go. You, Let's yeah. Go. Good, good for you. Drop the skincare routine <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Like this was early young, young boy, Matt, uh, youth pastor. And, um, I, yeah. I knew stuff was happening, but I just didn't have enough helpers to like <laughs> rally. Were you just on your own? Uh, uh, um, I had like a couple of leaders helping, but mm-hmm. like every, every point that you had on the song, I just, it made me cackle, like cry laugh. Cause you're like the concept of <laughs> youth group lock-ins. What, are, what is it? What a something concept? What an interesting um, concept. Youth group lock-ins are really strange. <laughs> 
I think concept that youth group leaders seem to really like. Mm-hmm. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, yeah. Uh, like if, if there's nothing you like agree with from this interview, I would encourage you to sardonically listen to <laughs> youth group by Semler. Thank you. Thank and you. It's so like, to me, that's pure comedy. Like I was crying. Well, so week. it started as a TikTok song, like the first oh, half really? of that song. Yeah. So I joined TikTok like many people did on court, like during quarantine. Okay. And, um, I, you know, found sort of the like ex-evangelical hashtag and like the progressive Christian hashtag. And I found a lot of different like sort of like communities of people wrestling with faith in a similar way that I have been doing. And I wanted to join in the fun. And so I was at my piano one day and I just made up this little ditty about youth group because I've been unpacking so much of um, my experience growing up in the church and different. So like my dad is an Episcopal priest, but a lot of the youth functions and like mission trips that we would go to were more of like the evangelical variety. Yeah. Um, Cause he would like sort of like outsource some of the youth things to like the more like young life type of groups and stuff. And um, so I wrote this song about like youth group lock-ins and how like this one, it, the line is like, this one's for the kids who had their sexual awakening of the youth group lock-in. It must've been confusing and I hope you're doing well. And, um, I don't know, it was a joke. And then to- when I recognized I wanted to work on this EP, I started fleshing it out. And then it eventually became a little bit more sad at the end because I, I know that it's like a funny song, but I also think that like, there's so many people who, you know, my wife included had an awful experience at youth yeah. group. Mm-hmm. and we're really just like cut down whether it's by kids being mean because like kids are mean and i think unfortunately a lot of times christianity and like very rigid christian doctrine gives them rules to be mean to other kids yeah. like you're given these boundaries and like here's how you can make fun of this kid if they do not fit this xyz certain thing that we just had a little small group over then you now have godly permission to make them feel small mm-hmm. and i think that like we see that a lot and so i wanted the second half of the song to just be for those kids if you had that experience. So that's why it's like, um, be kind to yourself, take care of that kid. You're not what they said about you because unfortunately in the spaces where like your parents drop you off to be like, here's where you'll be built up in the name of God, our young image bearer going out to make the world a better place. And you go there and people are just like spreading rumors about you or like microaggressions that youth leaders might not even have recognized would make someone feel small. And this isn't just for like queer people. This is like across the board. Like in general, in general, like just awful, like, like body shaming jokes and just Mm. all this stuff that like, you're sort of, we're sort of told that like an image bearer, like looks a certain way. And like, this is the prescription for like how God will love you. And so many of us, I mean, most of us fall outside of this. Like, I don't, I can't have a single person who's just like crushing it. Maybe. I mean, let me think. My mom is a really good person. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's about it. Yeah. My mom yeah. and my dad, they're good. They're, they're nice people. Oh, that's awesome. You got to show love to the rents. I do. I I do. Would you say that also you have a good experience uh, coming out due to the fact that your parents are more affirming or was that, I mean, this is a really deep question. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's totally fine. Um, so yeah, my parents are affirming, always been affirming, but it wasn't something we talked about, if that makes sense. So like, I knew that, like, I knew that the, that our church and I knew like from a few context clues with my dad that, he was a very like loving and accepting person. Mm. But as I would go to like other youth functions, mission trips, like camps and things like that and conferences, I was then taught a very, very different theology. Like I was then like messages were seeping in that were really different from what Mm. I was experiencing at my home church, which made it very confusing. And as a result, I didn't come out to my parents until later. Like, I think I was in college by the time I came out to them, I'd come out to other people before. And so I was sort of leading like a double life for my parents for a while, but to like my dad's absolute credit, he is truly like, I think part of why I've been able to stay open and like develop the personal relationship with God that I have is because of his example. When I called him on the phone to come out to him, he was the best. He was like, I'm just so happy for you. Like, I love you so much. And I actually was telling him about who is not my wife. I was so excited. We were, we just started dating Mm -hmm. and I was like, just so excited to like tell him about her. And he like, we didn't, there was no crying. Like there was, 
it was a really nice day, honestly. And I've told him that over and over again, like that, that was amazing. You handled that really well. And that's a really scary thing for a lot of people. And he doesn't seem to understand that that's a big deal. <laughs> like, he's yeah. just like, well, I mean, I was very happy for you, Lizzie's a really nice lady. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but like, this is like, this is not a lot of people's experience. I've never felt shame from you. I've never, you've always just been this like example of just kindness. Like he's just a good, I always say he's like a good priest. Like he yeah. really crushed it. I don't know what, what he's reading. We need to have him drop that little scripture routine or whatever he's doing, but he's been a very good example for me. I mean, just thinking about like myself and like how I would handle that. I know I would struggle to be honest, like completely. completely Do you have any kids? I have a baby son. He's 15 months old and he's he's adorable. He's so cute and fat and uh, (laughs) I love him. But I've contemplated that. I'm like, well, you know, Mm -hmm. how would you handle that if he ever came out to you? And all I know is that I wouldn't freaking death threat him. (laughs) I wouldn't kick him out of my house. I wouldn't, you know, I'm trying to think of the things I would not do first because like there's so many examples of horrible christian parents and how they've completely done psychotic things to their their children their own children that have come out to them and been extremely vulnerable to them like i i don't want to do those things that's for sure and and what i do want to do i need to you know pray and think about more but at the end of the day he's my son i love him and i will always love him and Mm -hmm. he you know he will always uh, have a precious place in, in my heart and you know what I mean? Like, that's me being completely transparent and vulnerable yeah. as far as like w- how I would do that. But what what upsets me is like you said, like not everyone has that experience where their parent is still loving towards them when there's a point of disagreement on theology. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. It's just a the- theological disagreement, and and it's sad that it's almost like you know that that child is committing suicide in their own family so, so that they can pursue themselves. Because that's inevitably inevitably what it comes down to in some. Well, I would. I mean, I would say it's almost like the parent in that situation is like committing homicide. Oh yeah. You know, like that's what I would say because it's the parent. It's true. You like you have the responsibility of being there for your kid. The kid Mm. did not choose to be born. That was something that you initiated. We can give a biology lesson to your listeners later, but like you initiated this life into the world. And so it is your responsibility to protect and care for that life to the best of your ability. And with all the resources that you have available to you to make sure that you are creating a better place for this kid to exist, whoever they become, you know, like what if they, you know, what if they're really strange my son like my whoever son? <laughs> what, you? The memes for jesus guy no he's gonna be good he's gonna be really well adjusted i hope um <laughs> there's gonna be like if i'm a preacher's kid there's gonna be like down the line your son is gonna be like my dad i'm a meme kid my dad was a meme was a meme guy and now i'm a meme kid and here's my like project about that um i think that uh just promise me. I mean, obviously, oh my gosh, she's 15 months old, but listen, I'm available. We're always going to be on the internet. You can call me. please. <laughs> I appreciate that. You can call that. me. <laughs> yeah. And so, and here's something I want to do as well. Like just in our, based off our interaction, just like keep it real with me. Like, as I mentioned, I'm not in the camp of affirming, but mm-hmm. what, how can I do a better job of, of communicating to those, you know, who I would disagree with? fundamentally but still love or what suggestions can you give me and and those who are in the same camp that i'm in that you know we want to love and we want to be careful but we also want to hold our own convictions like what are, what's your advice for us yeah i do have advice um and what i would say and i don't know if people will do this but this is just what i would offer because i know that there are people in my life that this would be very helpful mm-hmm. i i mostly grew up hearing your sermon on like your side of things when it came to the preaching on those scriptures with the exception of at my dad's church was uniformly from an unaffirming perspective. Yeah. I can recite those sermons back to you. Sometimes for fun, I look them up on my own just to like double check my work. I think that what I would ask is for people who come from an unaffirming position 
to do some of that homework that we've done to an affirming theology. You know, that's, I've poured in hours of like watching anti-gay sermons, like ex-homosexual sermons, like all that stuff. I know that language. I've been there. What I have found is that people who are unaffirming typically have not done the same work to try and be inclusive. They sort of just operate from a position of like, this is how it is. And I'm so sorry. And it kind of speaks about like, let's come to the table equally. As far as I can tell, LGBTQ plus people are shouldering most of the work with doing both sides of the research, right? And doing both, like listening to both sets of sermons. I don't know that unaffirming people are doing the same thing because I think it's really scary because the predominant teaching in the church has been a certain way. We have had to challenge ourselves to, you know, listen to your side of things And we have also like, there's an abundant amount of biblical scholarship that says something different. I would love the time and dignity from people who are unaffirming to just look it up to. Because I think that people will always say that we're operating out of ignorance, that we just don't know what we're talking about. We've never considered these things. Well, help us out. Look at what we're looking at too. and And if you arrive at a different conclusion, if you're like, nope, I'm so sorry. Like my conviction speaks otherwise. I appreciate the honesty, honestly, I really would rather that than someone being like, I'm, I accept everybody. And then down the line, you find out that they don't. Um, I think that's my advice is like, if you really love people, then do some homework on what they are believing rather than just assuming that we're steeped in stupidity Mm -hmm. and that we don't know what we're talking about. And that all of these scholars have are wrong. You know, it's a little bit of humility and I understand that it's going to be really scary but please extend that kindness. That would be my advice. Listen to one of the sermons that is affirming and inclusive. I believe that inclusivity is a choice. And I think that there is a choice here where there is an affirming, inclusive theology. And a lot of people are choosing not to even look at it. And that I think is scary. And I think that we could be doing better. And that would be my invitation. It's just an invitation. It's not like, it's not anything more serious than that. You don't have to sign a pamphlet or whatever. You're not going to go on a mailing list, but it's an invitation to be a bit more curious into an affirming theology because it's there and it's really meaningful. And there are a lot of people that are finding fellowship in Christ through it. And I'd love for people to be part of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't want to be more self-congratulatory in a sense, like in talking about (laughs) myself, but like um, I am of the view that I sh- it's, it's, I should not be quick to say you're a Christian. You're not a Christian. Like I've over the years, I've found that is a really dangerous position to take in any sense, um, because God is sovereign and He can do whatever the heck He wants. And so, if somebody is even claiming, "Hey, I love Jesus," just acknowledge the fact they say, "I love Jesus," and thank God for that. That's my position. Like the fact that you say. Hey, this God thing's kind of cool. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's amazing. I'm so happy about that. And whether or not, you know, we agree on secondary, primary, tertiary theologies, I don't care. Like we should be ecumenical in the fact that those who, who say salvation belongs in Christ, who has been, you know, been resurrected from the dead, that's awesome. Like we should love one another and even, and we should love one another even more if they disagree, because the Bible says to love your enemies. So it's like, you're kind of stuck. If you're being a jerk to people, you're stuck. You're, you're, you're kind you're, of, that's true. You're, that's stuck. A, you're kind of telling on yourself. That's uh-huh. the thing. You really are. <laughs> yeah. I find the majority of people that really might not be Christians are the ones who are telling everybody who's Christian and who's not. Like just, it's just not a good fruit to have on your tree. No, it's a strange hobby at least. Yeah. Let's just say that. Oh man. So, Hey, we're about up here with our time, but you know what you got going on. You have a lot sure. going on. You can follow me on social media and please don't send me block texts of Bible verses and um, <laughs> retribution if you do so. Yeah. But again, I will probably peacefully block you if you do for your yeah. own well-being. If, if you're a follower of this page or a, or a listener of this podcast, and if you do that, consider yourself blocked. Okay. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> All right. You're not doing that in our name. Cause we like, no, we're not. Don't do it do in that. memes for Jesus. In the name of the memes. <laughs> in the name of the memes. I rebuke you in the name I of the memes. Of you Jesus. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cast you out in the name of the memes. <laughs> 
Well, hey, Grace, you're you're a beautiful soul. Seriously. Thank like, you. This was so, so enjoyable you. for me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out. Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate the, your time. And hopefully memes for Jesus just keeps on memeing. Maybe Aww. we need those sweet, sweet memes. Things are getting heavy. So I, <laughs> I need some good memes in my life. Yeah, we're trying. All right. Take care. All right. There you have it. That was my conversation with Grace Baldridge. I hope it encouraged you. I hope you learned something. I don't know. I'd like to know how you felt about this interview. Please email me at podcast at memesforjesus.com. And I'll read every single one of them as much as I humanly can. I'm going to do a solo episode after this and give my own thoughts, talk about some ways that maybe I can learn. Uh, If you guys are able to send me some things that maybe you felt I could have done better, I'm open to it. So please uh, feel free to send me some feedback. I'd love to read it. If you want to catch the extended version of this interview, the backlog of a whole bunch of other interviews, get access to tons of goodies, please consider becoming a supporter. Visit memesforjesus.supercast.com or you can click the link that's in the description of this episode to become a supporter. Your support will go towards this podcast, everything we do on Memes for Jesus on our pages, and also give us the ability to support Christian creators and also get those Christian creators into the spotlight so you can learn about the ones that you don't know about. So that's what we're doing. That's our heart. Super appreciate you listening and all the feedback. I really look forward to talking with you guys next week. 